If you brought your Bible tonight, we're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, we'll have the verses up on the screen here in a moment when we get there. But I want to encourage you guys, like I encourage you every single week, to take notes, to write some things down. Because who knows what God could speak to your heart tonight. Um, not by just by words that I say, but hopefully, prayerfully, by what God speaks to your heart through something that I say. So tonight we're kicking off our Heart and Hustle series, and this month is all about missions. It's all about giving. It's all about Speed the Light, and we're going to challenge you this month to give. We're going to give you opportunities to give, and and we're going to set a goal of of what we are expecting God to do this month. So have you guys ever um, found something in your life that you're super duper passionate about? Like how many of you guys are like One Direction fans? Like, you were super passionate about one. I see you back there. Super passionate. Like, how many of you guys, um, 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 well, no, Ryan, that was before your time. Um, but, like, anyways, like, there's some things that like, you're super passionate about, like Justin Bieber fans, like, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Yeah, once again. And, like, you're, people are super passionate about their car or people are super passionate about whatever movie they're going to see people get really passionate about things and and um something maybe you're passionate about something that you really give your time to or you're passionate about something you're really committed to doing or you're really committed to trying you really give your time to it um there's a few things in my life um that I was super passionate about at different times in my life. Um, there was one time, uh, I grew up in a small town. Actually, I, I was back there this past weekend. Um, I grew up in a really small town. The town was only like 8,000 people. Small town, bunch of farmers, bunch of country boys. Um, and, and it was like a small town. You know everyone. Everyone knows you. And, and here's the deal. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not going to talk long tonight because I just want, I want to challenge you guys for a little bit tonight. But here's it. Everyone in town, like everyone I knew, um, it seemed like everyone in town, all of my friends, chewed tobacco. Like they would take a big old, you guys know what I'm talking about. They'd take a big dip, put it between your cheek and your gums, like spit all the time. Like it was, it was disgusting. And, and well, one day I was hanging out with my friends and, uh, all these guys, uh, young, like, well, probably like 7th, 8th grade. All these guys, they, they, I was trying to be cool, trying to fit in, trying to be one of the, one of the boys, you know. And, and we were, uh, one of these guys, like, offered me a dip of skull, tobacco. And I was like, I, I should have said, no, nah, no way, huh? there's no way I'm doing that. No. But I, I wanted to try this so my friends think I was cool. So I took this pinch and I put it in my mouth. And I didn't even put it in right because like it's got all over my mouth. And I was like <laughs> spitting everywhere. And then, so I put this, this stuff in my mouth. Could you turn this down? I feel like I'm feeding back or something. I put this stuff into my mouth, this tobacco. And then I did the smartest thing anyone could possibly do. We started jumping on a trampoline. And you know, I don't know if you guys, I don't recommend, don't, don't dip tobacco, don't scold, don't, don't chew tobacco, any of that stuff. But I don't know if you guys know this, but it, a, a lot of times, like when you're first starting, when you're doing this, like it can make you 
super sick. So, got this stuff in my mouth to start jumping around on the trampoline. All of a sudden, like, I'm turning green. Like, I'm getting so sick. Like, I swallowed some of the tobacco spit. And, like, and I was like, maybe we should stop jumping. And, you know, like, at that moment when you're on a trampoline with other people and you want everyone to stop, but no one stops. And you're still, like, going, oh, oh, oh please stop. And, like, it's the worst. And so I was like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I jump off of the side. I run over and I throw up all over the shrubbery next to their house. It made me so sick. And I, but I was committed to trying this out. I was committed to doing it. I'll never forget the time that I thought I was going to be a rollerblader. No, 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 you guys, this was cool back one day, like years ago. Um, and I, like, I bought the expensive, like the, the trick skates, like the really cool ones. I had the helmet and, and, and my friends and I, like we would go out rollerblading, like it was the coolest thing, man. And like we would jump stairs and jump off of curbs and, and do tricks. And this one time we found this long set of stairs. And my, my friends were like, bro, you can do this. Come on. And I was like, like skating along and I was like yeah and we get to the edge of the stairs and I jump and I didn't make it past the last step so I hit the last step and I hit the ground and I was rolling and I hit my head luckily I wore a helmet and I fell so hard and I was like I've had enough of that like that's I'm done with this I sold my skates to my brother and I quit skating so and then also there's this one time I decided, we were out at a lake, I decided I was going to commit, we, we found this cliff to jump off of. Cliff jumping is fun, but not when the cliff is like 60 feet in the air. You guys, do you know how hard you hit the water? At, water feels so much soft, yeah, you can go right through it, but when you're flying from 60 feet in the air, that hurts so here was the deal we pull up in this boat we're with this group of people pull up in this boat to this cliff and it's like this steep climb up to the top of this thing and like you get to the top and then you look over and you're like nope i'm out but the only way back to the boat is jumping off of the cliff and i'm like oh jesus can like could you like teleport me back to the boat like could you just make me fly like Is there any way out of this? And and there's only one way down, and that's jumping. And and so now I was committed to doing this. I was so scared. I was like (gasps) breathing so heavily, and like you get to the edge, like sixty feet doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it was like you get to the top of that thing, and you're like, you may think you're you're wet from being in the water, but no, you probably peed your pants. And so, like, I had this friend who jumped before me. And, like, it, when you land in the water, you got to land pretty much straight up and down. Because if you, if you belly flop, you're probably going to die. You're going to be, like, a full-body blister. Like, it's, it's, so I had this friend who jumped before me. And he's a little bit of a, a bigger guy. And he jumped, and somehow he got angled a little bit wrong. <laughs> and he went into the water. Oh, he came up screaming and hurting. And I'm like... I got to go next. Come on. Like, can I like just walk? I can find a road to walk to. Like, and, 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 and here's the deal. Like when you're doing, you wear tennis shoes. So like you can climb the rocks and all this kind of stuff. So, and I was like, ah, I I guess I got to do this. So I like went back a little ways because you have to run and jump out. 
So I went back a little bit ways, and I was like, you build up the courage, you know what I'm talking about? And like, take off, and you're like, that's it. And I did that like five or six times, ran back to the, like, like Bugs Bunny, like, like squealing out at the end. And I was like, oh, man, I, I got it. And like everyone was down in the boat, Jimmy, Jimmy. you know, when that's going on, you got to jump. Cause so, so that, that was happening. And, um, and so I'll never forget, I finally jumped off the cliff. And you know how it's like when you're flying through the air, your arms are like, so that was me. My arms were flapping like this, and I was trying to stay straight the best I possibly could, and I hit the water, and my hands were out like this, and I slapped the water so hard, like, it hurt so bad. But I, but jumping from that high in the air, you know how far go, you go down in the water. So, like, you sink so far down in the water, and you don't feel like you're ever going to come back up. And you're like, it's like, it's like there's some light, there's some light, you keep getting further, and it's like everything's black. And like you can't see anything, you can't see your hand in front of your face. You're like, like are there like strange lake creatures down here who could swallow me? You've heard all the stories of the huge catfish that live in the lakes. And so all of a sudden, I'm down here and I'm sinking further and further and further, and I feel something tickling my back. Any, if I had any breath left in my lungs, it was gone. I was like, and I was like kicking and I was, I was about to breathe in air, kicking, trying to get to the top. Finally, I get to the top. Come to find out my shoes had come untied and it was my shoestrings that were tickling my back. It, It was the worst. I'll never forget though. I had to commit to it. I had, I had to fully do this. I had to fully commit to it. I'll never forget the time, though, that I fully committed my life to Christ. It's the best commitment that I've ever made when I gave my life to Christ. Uh, but on October 26, 2001, I made this commitment to this girl that I would be her husband for life. Let me tell you guys, though, I was so scared. Like, I was so scared. Like, I was in that, that, that holding room that they have for the, the guys. And I was like, Phew. like, I was sweating. And, like, I was, like, when I'm, like, so nervous and so scared, like, I do stupid things. And I talk a lot when I'm super nervous. And, like, I even, like, fixed my hair wrong. And, like, cause it was funny because finally when we got out to the, the front and she walked down and met up with me and she was like, What's up with your hair? And I was like, I can't even think straight today. And like, and I get super nervous and I talk a lot when I'm nervous. And through our whole wedding thing, um, the vows and all that, I was talking the whole time. And she, she was like, shut up, shut up. Like, and I was just talking, hey, dude, what do you think? Do you think this is good? Like, you know, I was just talking away. And I talked all through my vows. I talked through her vows. I talked through all the, the songs that they, I don't remember hardly anything of our wedding day because um, I talked the whole time. And she was like, would you just shut up? And I was nervous. Not because, not because I was like second guessing this, this decision that we made, but it was, it, it was because it was, it's a lifelong commitment. 
And, and for me, it's a lifelong commitment. And I can tell you, like, 16 years and three kids later, that's the second best commitment I've ever made in my life. And, and I, gave, I gave my life to Christ, and I gave my life to this woman. And, and I think, though, all of us are, are giving, every single one of us, in one way or another, we're giving our, ourselves to something or someone. Like some people give themselves to, to working hard in school because they're hoping to get into that great college so they can get that great job and make lots of money. You know, some people are give themselves to the practice court because they want to make the NBA or, or at least they want to win state. Or some people commit to pour hours and hours and hours into practicing, um, uh, practicing an instrument. Because they want a scholarship to a music school or they want to be in a famous band. Like you might have a friend who's giving himself or giving herself to someone else. And that relationship consumes or it controls their life. And every choice they make is tied to that person. And then there's, there's other people who are trying to numb the pain or they're trying to give themselves confidence. Or they're trying to find that pleasure that will make them happy so that they give themselves to alcohol or to drugs or other forms of escapism. Like even people who seem to have no drive at all are giving themselves to maybe just, just having fun or not working too hard or making sure that they, I, I just got to make sure I enjoy life. See, every single person in this world is giving him or, or herself to something or someone. My, my question tonight for you guys is, what are you giving yourself to? What are you giving yourself to? See, for the next four weeks, we're, gonna be, we're, we're in a series called Heart and Hustle. And we're going to learn that when it comes to living and giving in a generous manner, it takes heart and hustle. Because your hustle determines your heart. So during those four weeks, we're going to look at, 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 the letter, at a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in a city named Corinth. And in this letter, what he's doing, he's asking them to give money to a needy church, a church that had fallen on hard times. And so um, we're going to, if you got your Bibles tonight, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 8. We're going to start in verse 1. And, and um, in this part of the letter that we're looking at tonight, Paul, what he's doing is he's reminding the church in Corinth of another church, of another group of people. A church that not only gave money to a need, but they also gave themselves to God. And so I'm going to read that tonight. So uh, 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to start in verse 1. It says this, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God and His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles. And they are very poor. They are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it on their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than what we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So tonight, this truth that I want us to know tonight is that heart and hustle 
begins with giving yourself to God. Your heart and your hustle begins with giving yourself to God. So if we were to look at this passage that we just read, there's a huge contradiction going on here. There's a huge contradiction because Paul's saying, he said, these people, they were tested and they had many troubles. Like, how many of you guys like to have troubles? Not like Jessica, big trouble. But people like to have tr- like if you don't know, her nickname's Big Trouble. But you have troubles, or, or people like to be tested, or like to have things come against them. It's, he, Paul was saying these people were tested and had many troubles. And he said on top of that, he said they're very poor. But then, catch this, I want you to catch this. He also says they were filled with abundant joy. So how can that be true? Like, that don't make sense. That shouldn't be happening. Like, like, don't we need stuff to be happy? Like, don't we have to have all these things to be happy? Like, these people were tested. They were poor. They had things coming against them. But it, it didn't say, the Bible didn't say they just had joy. They were just happy. It said that they were abundantly joy, joyful. They had loads of joy. That can't be true. There's so many people living their lives for and with money and material possessions. Have you guys ever heard of Jim Carrey? Like he's in the movie The Grinch and other stuff. Dumb and Dumber. But he said this. He said, I hope everyone could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so they will know that it's not the answer. You gotta imagine this guy has been in some huge movies. He's made loads of money. One of the funniest comedians you'll ever see in your whole life. But he says, "Like I hope everyone gets gets this." But then I hope that they realize that that's the money and the riches isn't what it's all about. It's not worth it. See, Paul descri- describes back in our verse. He describes that their giving as overflowing. He he's even said that they have rich generosity. He didn't say, ah, they were pretty generous. He's saying these poor people who were being attacked and and, and had these things coming against their lives, he said they had rich generosity. See, how, how can someone with no money give with rich generosity? See, Paul, he's teaching us here that giving is not about the dollar amount, but it's about two things. The first thing is why we give. And the second thing is, the level of sacrifice. See, someone who's wealthy might give $100 and someone who's poor might give $2. Technically, the rich person gave more. But is it possible that the poor person is more generous? See, Paul defines what, is, is what true generosity is. He says he he gave not only what they could afford, but far more. See, that's sacrifice. Like that's giving someone like all I have is $10. I'm going to give you five, but hold on. You know what? I'm going to give you eight. Like they, they gave, but then they gave far more. They didn't have a whole lot. And that takes sacrifice. It cost them something. They gave their on their own free will. No one made them do this. No one manipulated them. They chose to do this. They had the right heart. And when you have the right heart, you hustle. 
When you have the right heart for something, you're going to hustle hard for it. You have to choose to get involved. See, they, they begged. In this, back to our verse, it talked about how they begged to share in the opportunity to meet others' people. See, hold on. These poor people who have nothing begged for an opportunity to give to other people? That don't even make sense. Who would do that? Why would someone do that? See, these people, they weren't going to make an excuse for why they couldn't help. They, they probably would have been justified in begging for help themselves. But instead, these people begged for the opportunity to help others. See, finally, Paul said this, that these generous people did even more than they had hoped. Paul said they didn't just give money. They gave themselves to the Lord and to us, basically saying they gave their lives to Christ. But they also said, what else can I do to just help? See, in, in, here in three weeks, I want to challenge you guys. In three weeks, on a Wednesday night, we're going to take up a special offering for our missionaries. And, and I hope that you give money. It, just plain and simple. I hope you give to support our missionaries. But I hope for something more than that. I hope that you give yourself to God. That's more important than money. That's more important than riches. That's more important than anything else. I hope that you give yourself to God. Your life, your dreams, your hopes, your fears, give them all to God. You got to remember that everyone is giving themselves to something. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to his people. See, heart and hustle begins with giving yourself to God. <clears throat> I'm done and, and, I, and I'm about to wrap up here, but... Like, where, where do, though, do we find the motivation and the strength to not only to give our stuff away, to give things away, but also to give ourselves to God? See, Paul writes in one verse about the kindness of God. What does the kindness of God look like? Well, it looks just like Jesus. The kindness of God looks like Jesus. See, Jesus gave himself... For us, for every single one of us, he gave himself for us. He didn't just come to the earth. Jesus didn't just come to the earth to give us a good example, to give us some good teachings, to give us some inspirational advice. He came to give himself. The, the Bible says that Jesus did what he saw the father doing. See, Jesus gave himself and he gave himself to God. And in doing so, he gave himself to you and I. See, the Bible says that he endured the cross for the joy set before him. That don't make sense either. You endured a cross. You were beaten till you didn't even look like a human being. Your beard was pulled out of your face. You were beaten with, with, with a, a whip across your back to where your flesh was hanging. And then it says, for the, the, the joy set before him. I'm, I'm not going to be happy in that moment. That's not a good moment for me. But that joy that Jesus had was doing the will of the Father. And rescuing and redeeming his children. You and I. 
See, as we see Jesus giving himself for us, it moves us and it melts our hearts so that we're ready. And maybe even that we're begging for the chance to give money, to give our time, to give our energy, to give ourselves to him. See, what does that all mean for us? Heart and hustle begins with giving yourself to God. That means it doesn't really matter how much money you give. You know, throughout this whole month, if we're able to give $10, that's all right. The most important thing is that you give your life to God. It doesn't really matter how much money you give if you don't give yourself to God. 